Hello, and welcome to episode four of Piedmont Crossroads, The Path to Preservation. Today, we are tackling the issue of data centers. Loudoun County has more of them than anywhere else in the world, and some county leaders want more. There is such demand by the industry that they are spreading to Prince William and Fauquier counties, where some local politicians are welcoming them, despite intense community opposition. The issue has even made its way to Richmond, where it gets even more complicated. Clearly, it's time for the Virginia Piedmont Heritage Area Association to weigh in. I'm Alexander Nance, Executive Director of VPHA and producer of this podcast series. It's our mission to educate about and advocate for preservation in the five-county Northern Virginia Piedmont Heritage Area, which is how we arrived today this most frustrating and talked-about preservation issue in the heritage area. Data centers are everywhere, and they seem to have arrived in a flash. One day, there were wide-open fields with a few buildings here and there. The next, there were 2,600 acres of them in Loudoun and another 7,000-plus acres proposed. There are 3,900 acres approved by Prince William, including land next to Manassas Battlefield, and another 27 acres are under dispute in Warrington, with more to come there. In Prince William, the supervisors achieved this through a vote in December that abruptly eliminated their rural crescent, a protected space that county leadership established back in 1998 to serve as a permanent urban growth boundary. Make no mistake, data centers have become an unbridled threat to the historic landscape of the heritage area. Our podcast guest today will tell you this is, plain and simple, a Trojan horse story. And like all Trojan horses throughout history, it began as a gift. When data centers arrived in Loudoun, they were widely welcomed. They brought lots of revenue, didn't need a lot of services, and even provided a few jobs. They let Loudoun County keep its property taxes low, so county officials looked great and could provide a lot of services at low cost to the residents. Residents loved it. It was a win-win. But then, just like the original Trojan horse, the county found that data centers were not such a fabulous gift after all. Our guests will tell you they have environmental problems, they're noisy, they're being built too close to homes, and they're driving out other businesses. Even worse, politicians addicted to low taxes are having a hard time saying no to more, so they are spreading to inappropriate places like historic downtowns, Civil War battlefields, and parklands. Comprehensive plans are being amended and vows are being broken. Money is talking. So let's get started finding out how and why this happened and what can be done about it. We'll begin with two members of the Piedmont Environmental Council, Julie Bolthouse, Director of Land Use for PEC, and Jem Bingle, Head of Land Use for PEC here in Loudoun County. They'll give a historic overview of what data centers have done to the look, feel, and the environment of our region, and why PEC began by liking data centers and is now taking up the case. Next up is Jim Hanna, who is with the World Bank and is now part of the Finance Working Group of the Loudoun County Preservation and Conservation Coalition. Hanna, who has studied the impact of data centers on Loudoun's budgets, We'll talk about the massive amounts of money involved, both the upsides and the downsides. And he has some interesting advice for our Board of Supervisors and officials in our neighboring counties. We will close with Kevin Raimundo, President of Citizens for Fauquier County. He will talk about how the threat arrived in Warrington, how it thoroughly disrupted local politics, and what the community is doing to keep an Amazon data center away from a prominent location on the edge of historic downtown. Further, he explains what the data center decision in Warrington will mean for other communities in Northern Virginia. Let's begin with Julie and Jim. Talking with them is Travis Shaw, VPHA Director of Education and our resident historian. All right, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, before we dive into the data center question, could you give us a little bit of an introduction of who you are and what your role is at the Piedmont Environmental Council? Sure. I'm Jem Bingle, and I'm Senior Land Use Representative in Loudoun County. I've been doing this work for the last 25 years. And I am Julie Bolthouse, the Director of Land Use, and I've been doing this for about 12 years um, with PEC. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Jem, walk us through kind of the area that we now know as Data Center Alley. What was this area at one time? What does it look like now? How have data centers really changed the landscape there? Well, the landscape prior to data centers was was heavily residential in that area, but before the residential um, arrived, Eastern Loudoun County or the Ashburn area was really dairy farms. Um, that was what predominated that area. And um, 
And then Loudoun's residential development sort of boomed. And then data centers came in. Um, but I'd like to tell you about what kind of set the stage for that. Um, so years ago, long before PEC was thinking about data centers or had any idea, and even probably the county, um, the ground was being laid for Loudoun to become a major data center hub. There's something called Metropolitan Area Exchange East was relocated to Northern Virginia. We've heard that 70% of the nations of the world's um, internet traffic runs through Northern Virginia, runs through Ashburn, Virginia in particular. So um, that meant that when data centers became um, something that the world now became aware of, um, we were set up already to be a major player. So coincident with the beginnings of the data center um, explosion was the hiring of Buddy Reiser as the Department of Economic Development's leader. And the term data center alley was one that he actually coined as a marketing um, slogan. And yet it became a reality. Um, so I said we were all set up for this. And um, there's other background that's important here. Multiple boards of supervisors had approved a lot of residential development. In fact, way more than um, we could handle if it all happened at once. At one point, we had a billion dollars of debt. And we needed that income desperately, or else taxpayers were going to pay all of that burden, take all of that burden. And um, that sort of made the county just say yes to everything, because it really helped our bottom line. Initially, the Board of Supervisors worked to remove um, any kind of obstacles to building data centers. Um, they made a move to allow data centers to be by right along the Route 50 corridor. But they did discover in the mid-2000s that, that data centers come with other requirements, power lines and substations. When the community heard or discovered that Dominion had um, asked for extra power lines along Route 50 to serve the Poland substation, Poland Road substation, the community kind of went up in arms. And um, recognizing this problem, the Board of Supervisors went back and adjusted the ordinance in order to avoid by right development of data centers in many locations, or some locations, particularly those along Route 50. But that was all. We still have by right development of data centers allowed. And um, then I guess the next marker in time would be the 2019 comprehensive plan um, that the Board of Supervisors put in place. At that time, they also discussed data centers and where they were appropriate because they were getting a lot of complaints from residents about these big, ugly boxes without windows that were really unpleasant to look at and surrounded their communities, in some cases made lots of noise, in many cases, but depending upon how close they were to the houses, really caused a problem for neighbors. So aside from the aesthetics of these buildings and the noise and, and the other problems they create for residents, what are the environmental impacts of these buildings? What are the uh, impacts to our historic landscape and historic resources? The size of the facility obviously has a very different visual impact on historic resources nearby. Um, if it's a two, three-story um, data center, that can have a very uh, significant visual impact. Um, the other thing is lighting. Um, a lot of these facilities, for security reason, um, include a lot of lighting around the building. Then you get into the, um, the, big, the big issues. Um, the water usage and the electrical usage of these facilities um, depends on the type of cooling system that they have within them. Again, there's very different data centers out there, and some of them are evaporative cooling, 
which requires a lot of water to be used. And several of the ones within Data Center Alley, for example, are getting their water from Gray Water Resource, which is the um, Broad Run Reclamation Facility. You mentioned gray water usage. Um, just for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with that term, can, can you define gray water for us? Yeah, gray water is the water that is um, left over after wastewater treatment. And so it is very, uh, it's, it's treated to a level of cleanliness that could be sent back into the river, um, but is instead being sent to these data centers to be used in their cooling. But um, some of these are actually taking water from groundwater, ones that are located out in more rural areas. Some of them are taking water from um, potable water supplies, which is, is very concerning. The, the other aspect of um, waste that comes out of evaporative cooling um, is the wastewater discharge. It's called blowdown, and that can include things like calcium, magnesium, chloride, and silica. And um, these, to a lesser extent, can also build up in your closed-loop systems when they're flushed out as well, but these have an impact on your wastewater treatment facility, and they have to deal with, you know, removing these, these things um, out of um, the wastewater. That's one other aspect, but then you also have the energy usage. So ones that are not using evaporative cooling or using a lot of water are oftentimes using a lot of electricity instead. Um, to do the cooling, they're using um, a high number of HAVAC systems and basically running very large um, air conditioning systems within their facility, which uses a lot of, a lot of electricity. Um, in fact, uh, the numbers from Dominion um, that they've given us during, you know, stakeholder discussions is that a single data center building can use um, anywhere between 30 megawatts and 90 megawatts for that single building. And just to put that in perspective, one megawatt serves 250 households. Um, so when you're saying 30 megawatts, I mean, that's as much, it's, it's larger than most small towns in our area, single data center building. And we have hundreds of data center buildings at this point in, in Northern Virginia. Um, so that's a, a major impact on our electrical grid. And it's a major impact on um, the ratepayer as well. Um, the other land use impacts that I just want to mention, though, are the, um, the community impacts because these facilities are completely fenced in um, and they, they are basically dead zones in terms of um, community planning. So you can't really put trails through them. You have a lost opportunity for economic development. So you don't get restaurants, you don't get movie theaters, you don't get you know ice skating rinks, you don't get things that would build off of each other. Um, there's nothing else that really wants to locate near that. One other um, visual impact of these data center facilities, especially when they're near something like a national park or a significant historical resource, is the water. If you're using evaporative cooling, you can get these water vapor plumes above the data center um, that can look very industrial in nature as well. Um, and there is one last thing I should definitely mention, and that's the noise, which Jim pointed out as well. Um, some of these, especially when they are using air cooling, um, can have a lot of noise associated with the air conditioning units cutting on and off. Um, well, thank you so much. It sounds like there's a tremendous uh, economic impact, a tremendous environmental impact. You know, this is really affecting the a every aspect of life within and around Data Center Alley. Jem, Julie, thank you so much for joining us and for shedding a lot of light on this situation. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Now let's hear from Jim Hanna who puts cold, hard numbers to the impact described by Julian Jem. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. It's great to be with you. So maybe we could start um, with you telling us a little bit about your background and how you became interested in, data, in the data center issue, uh, particularly in the financial aspects. Okay, super. Um, so I've lived in Western Mountain for nearly 20 years um, after a long career in trade and finance at the World Bank. 
probably a particular relevance uh, of that work here would be my work on fiscal and economic effects of capital-intensive industries like oil and gas. And so how did Loudoun become the data center capital of the world? Uh, certainly good business facilitation uh, on the part of the Department of Economic Development led by Buddy Reiser and later on the early adoption of sales and use tax exemptions in 2009. And what was the financial impact early on in this process? Um, let's say minor. Loudoun's sort of computer taxes from all sources were under 2% of the revenues up to 2010. Uh, by 2015, they were about 6% or $70 million of total revenues a year. And certainly at that stage, they were clearly a positive diversifier of county revenue sources. And what's the scope of the Loudoun County data center industry today? Uh, the Northern Virginia Technology Council uh, in 2022 uh, showed that the industry in Northern Virginia had made total investments of about $126 billion in capital investment with an operating capacity that was exceeding the next five largest U.S. markets combined and an expansion rate of about 25% per year over 2014-2021. Um, as of last year, for, for Loudoun itself, uh, it consisted of about 150 data centers and 28 million square feet of space on 95 parcels of uh, land. Uh, data centers are now sited well beyond the original data center alley in Ashburn, uh, they go west of Dulles Airport, they go out the Route 50 corridor, into the Catoctin transitional area, and around Leesburg. And parcel sizes, while they started on the 10 to 20 acres per center uh, range in data center alleys, now run up to 50 to 100 acres each. So what's the value added of the data center industry from the county's perspective? The fundamental reason for our county to host data centers is clearly financial. Uh, I think here it's vital to understand that this, there is an enormous intensity of its tax revenues per acre of land use. A Loudoun data center in 2022 produced 16 times the property taxes of all other Loudoun businesses, or about $267,000 per acre versus $16,000 per acre. Also, uh, over 2017-2022, taxable values per square foot of operating space climbed on average at 10% per year with what's known as descent, uh, densification, that is building more computing power per unit of space. So when you couple its tax intensity with the growth of the industry footprint, industry taxes have surged at a phenomenal 32% per year on average over the last six years. What's the takeaway? A small data center presence goes a long way in county financial revenues. So then what, what are some of the key non-financial issues with data centers in Loudoun County in your view? Uh, I'd say there are three in particular. First, uh, regarding land use and community impacts. Uh, of course, most of us are aware from personal experience or news reports of the clash between residential areas and data center proximity noise and appearance. Um, frankly, I think much of this goes back to a board zoning amendment in 2014, allowing data centers land purchases by right uh, in the suburban policy area. Uh, this has enabled a very substantial dispersion of data centers across Eastern Loudoun and facilitated heavy, very heavy land banking, uh, as it's called on the part of the industry. Last year, Eight years later, the board, through its data center discussion series, reconsidered where data centers should and should not go. Um, at least in retrospect, I'd say this was too late, uh, as it had no significant impact on the reduction in the scope for new development. Uh, consequently, we can expect that the industry footprint is going to double in the coming years in the absence of further consideration of land use policy. Second, uh, coming to capacity doubling has major implications for power transmission lines and substations in Loudoun, not to mention our environment. Power consumption of just one data center, according to Dominion, 
is the equivalent of at least 7,500 homes. So if you do the math for the total industry, that makes up at the least five times the number of all households in Loudoun. The coming Wishing Star 500 kilovolt transmission line is just the beginning in order to meet the data center demand. Dominion has said that it will, it will more than double power over the next five years, of which at least two-thirds of this is for data centers. And so it is going to launch another three power expansion projects in this program. Thirdly, uh, and perhaps less obviously, uh, is the downside impact on the playing field of local business and government. Big data center real estate buyouts of land at one to two to three million dollars per acre are crying out economic diversification and are working counter to county priorities in this area, especially in the small business sector. The cost of land purchases by non-data center businesses in Loudoun rose by about 75% over 2015-19 in sample data. And Loudoun's Department of Economic Development has estimated that there is demand for at least 7 million square feet of affordable flex industrial space that cannot be met. That's the equivalent of about one-third of all such spaces in Loudoun in 2022. This problem is also stifling business tax revenue diversification. Total taxes, apart from data centers from businesses, increased at under 1% per year over 2017-2022. And of course, public investment spending is also impacted. For example, the land acquisition estimate for the North Star Boulevard Shreveport Drive project has rocketed from $6.3 million in 2020 to $90.6 million in taxpayer funding in 2022. And so are these data center tax revenues reliable from year to year? Uh, the data center financial impact on the county is probably the least discussed and yet, as I've suggested, the most important determinant of local interests. We need to understand that the classical approach to paying for county services and schools is largely taxing real fixed property, that is, land and structures of our homes and businesses. But most data center revenues are sourced from business personal property taxes, that is, on the content inside the massive computer banks that they operate. Uh, the source of this source of the county tax revenue is more volatile and risky. For example, over 2017-2022, growth in data seven revenues Revenues averaged about $77 million per year. The current estimate for fiscal 24, beginning in July, is a fall in $22 million, the first time ever. In 2021, we saw a shortfall of $80 million in tax data center revenue estimates against budget and growth, which is comparable to that of the Great Recession in 2009. Such fluctuations are ongoing. While they're important in themselves, they are also measurably an influence on very sensitive and widely noticed homeowner real property tax rates by perhaps between four and eight cents each. Longer term, data seven or revenue prospects are also proving quite uncertain. Projections for total 2024 to 2026 revenues in 2022 were nearly $500 million less than those projected just two years before. Our Department of Finance and Budget does its very best, it's sure, uh, but data center tax revenues are influenced by many factors. Year to year, the timing of investments, construction, installation and refreshing of equipment, and beyond a year, given an industry that's in rapid change by unforeseen problems like constraints on power transmission, as well as the broader IT market and product shifts, and of course, ongoing technological innovation. The takeaway here is that if you hitch much of your county fiscal wagon to a global industry, you are taking on a major shift in fiscal uncertainty, risk, and volatility. So can you tell us a little more about your concerns about this dependence on a single industry for local tax revenues? What exactly is so bad about that? I think our county administrator, Tim Hemstreet, has described it best. 
um, our revenue mix is nearing the point where movable property taxes, that is to say computers for the most part, are on track to, to surpass our more reliable and predictable real property taxes. Loudoun's data center taxes rose fourfold over 2017 to 20, this year's estimate 2023, to $680 million, which is a level nearing the total operating spending of the county government. The data center revenue share has risen from about 7 to 35% over this period, and without policy change, we calculate that the industry is on track to reach 50% of all local tax funding by 2030. We believe this is inconsistent with the diversified and stable economic base which is required by Loudoun's fiscal policy. Some county leaders point out that the real property tax rate proposed for fiscal 24 of 88 cents would be $1.43 without tax-centered revenues. But the point here is that the gap between these two rates has become so large that if there was a strong contraction in data revenue tax revenues, it would require very sharp increases in property taxes, or if residents were unwilling to accept them, very sharp spending cuts. So what's a good balance then? As best I know, there's no ready scientific answer to this. Uh, today, it is not so much about a number. We need a process, and that process needs to shift the approach from yearly transactional budgeting to a longer-term policy-making framework, and that leads to decisive risk reducing policy actions to address them. Now, is there a desire to do this now in Loudoun? And if so, do you think the Board of Supervisors has a sense of urgency about this? So I think the answer to this lies uh, in October 2021 when the staff recommended setting a goal to rebalance the share of real estate property revenues in total local taxes to about 60%, which is the Virginia average. That ratio has fallen from 67% in 2017 to roughly 52% today, and it's going to continue to fall without policy change as data center tax revenues rise. The board has heard this recommendations, but a year and a half later, as far as I know, has not debated or acted on it and has no urgency to do so. Now, going forward, does Loudoun have to keep building these data centers and expanding the amount of land permitted to stay even, to get the same benefit? Excellent question, and the answer is no. Um, we can add data center tax revenues by their building upward rather than outward, and by the ongoing process of densification that I mentioned before, in which computer power per unit of space is growing. Our model shows that this approach can sustain a significant data center share in county revenue structure. And now you, you've talked with the board and others about how to achieve a better balance. What, what can you tell us about those conversations? We have tried to, to regularly circulate to the staff and the board our comments uh, at various stages of annual budget development over the past three years. We've prepared our own analyses, some of which include cross-country and, and cross-state examples and circulated white papers with a, a longer-term perspective. And we've held individual dialogues with most supervisors and county financial and economic development staff. And can you tell us any more about specifically um, how you've worked with them and what you've done to educate the supervisors and the staff? So we basically have made recommendations um, first and foremost on single industry dependence. We've strongly recommended a strategy to reduce it based on the growth in place, land use policy and tax policy incentives. And we've strongly supported the adoption of the 60% ratio I mentioned earlier. In power transmission lines and substation locations, we've recommended that this be considered in land use decisions uh, where data centers are to be located. Uh, the board, in the context of the data center discussion series, decided that they should not go on Route 7, but we have heard nothing more uh, on this subject as far as I know. 
Now, you're opposed to increasing the amount of land available for building more data centers. Um, why is that? And maybe you could reference the Dulles Cloud South project as part of that. Sure, happily. So five or 10 years ago, uh, a Dulles Cloud South uh, would have been a good idea. Uh, it has existing power lines that run through it. It would have enabled a large IT industrial park to group data centers together and not encroach on or be interspersed with residential communities. But in Loudoun, I think we're past that stage. Uh, we cannot further increase our fiscal risk exposure. The Department of Economic Development estimates uh, are that this, if this transitional neighborhood was, was converted into a Dulles Cloud South, this step alone would enable more than 56 million square feet of new data space. That's roughly an additional two times today's total data uh, center space capacity. And it would generate a billion dollars of tax revenues annually. That incremental revenue would push total data center taxes from today's 35% to over 65% of general revenue fund by third 2030, according to our model. As importantly, it would forego land for economic diversification and more social support. Now, looking beyond Loudoun County, as Prince William County, Fauquier County, Warrington, communities like that start to grapple with these issues, uh, what sort of lessons from Loudoun do you think that we could offer the residents and officials in those places? From a development perspective, answer this question. How much homeowner property tax buy-down do you want in relation to the amount of big box data center development that you're willing to accept to get it? From a financial risk perspective, answer the question, when is enough enough in your revenue mix? Adopt a ceiling in your share that you will accept and do not exceed it. Do not detach land use decisions from these fiscal decisions. The revenue targets you set should drive how much land you allocate to this industry. From a budgeting perspective, I suggest these lessons which come from international experience. One, avoid setting spending levels based on the full use of expected data center revenues. Two, allocate some of data center revenues to reinforce reserves and to reduce debt as needed. And three, maintain real property tax rates on the rising values of existing homes and business. On the environmental sustainability, I believe our county and our region should first get up to speed. First, with environmental transparency. Our county should mandate regular and reliable data center reporting beginning in 2024 on energy consumption, power utilization, waste heat utilization, water usage, and the use of renewable energy. This requirement has already been adopted by the European Union under its Energy Efficiency Directive. And secondly, promote industry self-regulation. This isn't a new concept. It's already functional in the initiatives like the Climate Neutral Data Center Pact in Europe. It needs decisive encouragement by our county leaders. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Now we will turn to the data center battle in Warrington, Virginia. At 2.30 in the morning, February 15th, the Warrington Town Council voted 4-3 in favor of locating an Amazon data center in a prominent rise just above the entry to the historic town. This happened in front of more than a 1,000 residents who turned out to oppose the approval. Kevin Raimundo, president of Citizens for Fauquier County, was there and spoke. He had been leading the fight against this center for years. He recorded the following interview before the vote, in which he gives some background about how Amazon came to town. It has been edited and remains relevant not only for next steps, but also for future battles against Goliaths like Amazon. So you're president of Citizens for Fauquier County. Can you tell us how you and your group got into this fight to oppose the data center down in Warrington? Sure. Well, first of all, the mission of Citizens for Fauquier County is to protect open space, preserve historical resources, and support agriculture. So naturally, when you learn more about this data center and, and the implications, you can understand that it is very much in the sweet spot of our, of our mission uh, because it does threaten 
open space. It does threaten the town of Warrington, which is a historic town. And if data centers evolve and proliferate the way we think they might, if this is approved, then it could also threaten uh, agricultural lands. And how long has all of this been going on? Well, it seems like it's been going on forever, actually, uh, Alex. But frankly, it's been going on for a couple of years. Um, it became apparent um, about a year, a little bit more than a year ago, that what Amazon was planning to do, and it was also apparent how the town officials were handling the situation and handling it in a way that gave us serious, serious concerns. So could you tell us a little more about why this proposal in particular is so problematic for Warrington? Oh, numerous reasons. One, uh, Warrington is a, a lovely historic town, and this data center would be situated at the gateway to Warrington, at the intersection of the confluence of uh, 17 bypass and routes 29 uh, to 11. Uh, it sits on a 42-acre elevated site. Uh, it is therefore visible, uh, certainly as you come into the town, visible for many parts of the town, and even parts of the county. Uh, you couldn't imagine a worse location for a building of this size than this one. Uh, the problem also is that if this is approved, more data centers will come. And we know this as clearly as can be known. Uh, the town council has been uh, very lenient, if not encouraging, of this data center. Uh, therefore, if it gets approved, then it will be approved uh, at a very low bar, and that will only encourage more uh, data center developers to want to try and locate their data centers in Warrington. And keep in mind, Warrington's a small town. I can't think of any other location where uh, a municipality the size and with the historic uh, heritage that Warrington has would even consider putting a data center uh, smack dab in the middle of, of the entry to the town. And by the way, there are three other locations that are currently under consideration for data centers in the town of Warrington. Now, we understand that there's some new drone footage out of the property where this data center is going to be located, and we're going to make that a video available to our listeners separately. Uh, but please go ahead, if you could, and describe what that footage shows uh, and what we would see if we were looking at that video right now. You know, for example, where is it in relation to downtown, and what sort of effect would this have on the community and the open space around the town? Well, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, this data center location is at the eastern gateway into the town where Route 17 bypass comes in and 29-211-15 um, are located. Uh, it's an elevated site. Uh, it's next to the country Chevrolet. Most people know with the country <laughs> yeah. Chevrolet in Warrington. Uh, so just look to, the, look to the big open area above the uh, Chevrolet dealer, and you'll know exactly where this uh, building uh, is being proposed for. And the problem with the data center, is, as is becoming increasingly apparent, is they generate a lot of noise. Forget about the viewshed impact. That's significant. But the noise and vibration will be experienced by people within a, within a mile of that location, and that includes 600 homes and businesses. And it's not just noise in the, in the sense that it's you know irritating. It's actually uh, harmful to your health because of the amount of the noise and vibration creates a level of stress. People have a hard time sleeping, creates anxiety, and uh, it, it's a problem uh, from, a, from a health standpoint. It's also a problem from the standpoint of its impact on, on people's property values. Who wants to live near a data center? And speaking of the proposal itself, um, from what we've heard, it seems like Amazon has been working behind the scenes for a while to get some of the town officials on board in favor of this before it was generally known to the public. Could you talk about that for a little bit? Uh, absolutely, uh, and, and that is that is correct. Uh, in, in terms of time frame, in April of 2021, uh, the town council initiated a process that would allow the zoning, uh, the zoning in the town, to allow data centers, okay, uh, including this one. Uh, and ironically, it was also when they approved the comprehensive plan. But the comprehensive plan never anticipated a data center going here. 
but here we here we are with uh, that zoning ordinance change initiated, and it was ultimately approved in August of 2021. Uh, the conversation with Amazon uh, and its attorney began well before April 2021. Um, uh, we know the discussions between uh, Amazon and town officials have been occurring with regularity, and uh, often um, in ways that are not visible to the public. Uh, Amazon, as part of the process of submitting this application, requires several town officials to, to, to sign non-disclosure agreements. What does that mean? That means that they can have conversations with town officials, and guess what? People in the public are not allowed to un understand those conversations. That's problematic. Also, hasn't someone from the town resigned to go work for Amazon? Yes, that, that's correct, Alex. Amazon has not been visible or communicative about what's going on there. In fact, anything but. Uh, their first public comment, ironically, about this data center was back in July 2022 when they claimed that the hiring of the town manager, the Warrington town manager, um, by Amazon, two weeks after she left her job at in Warrington as a town manager, was completely above board. That's the first time we heard anything from Amazon, and it was trying to defend uh, their hiring of this town manager. And by the way, in, in the town of Warrington, the town manager, I mean, that's a big job. Uh, this person runs the town, and this person was instrumental in facilitating uh, the whole process uh, that leads us to where we are right now, which is this um, data center uh, close to being voted upon by the uh, town council. What's the level of community opposition to this data center? The level of community resistance is incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, the, um, there have been a dozen different uh, public hearings in what they call citizens' time, uh, there have been hundreds of individuals who have spoken at those opportunities, and everybody, with the exception of three individuals, has spoken against this data wow. center. So it is it is not uh, not popular, <laughs> to, to say the least. Um, and um, in addition. There have been something on the order of 6,000 comments, written comments, sent to the town council and the planning commission uh, in opposition to this data center. So we think that the uh, public sentiment is almost unanimously uh, opposed to this. So moving beyond the town, what are the parts yet to be played by, for example, Dominion Power or the governor and the state legislature and Fauquier County? So a key question is how will power get to this facility? The plan now is that they're going to provide power um, through one or two new substations in the town of Warrington. So we're going to end up with, we could end up with two new uh, substations, also in residential areas, that would ultimately provide power to this facility. Uh, in terms of the uh, other uh, bodies you mentioned, so this is a, this is a Warrenton town decision. Um, so it's 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 kind of, it's their call. Um, now, as far as the county of Fauquier goes, uh, it's it's not entirely clear how they are thinking about data centers. There's already one or two in the county, uh, two or three in the county. Uh, there are areas zoned for data centers in the county, so we should expect uh, more data centers in the county. But I don't believe the county has an interest in, in the proliferation of data centers that we've seen in places like Loudoun County and, and now we're seeing in Prince William. As far as the state goes, again, they don't have any jurisdiction over this particular data center, but the state has been very, very uh, encouraging of data centers uh, for 
for reasons that in some cases make sense and in some cases don't. And they, uh, you may have heard that it wasn't uh, in the last week or two, uh, Governor Youngkin and Amazon uh, announced a, 30, uh, a plan on the part of Amazon to invest $35 billion in data centers in, in Virginia. So uh, everybody should be aware that more data centers are coming. And if this data center is approved in Warrington, they're coming to a town or a county uh, that we are all concerned about. So who gets the final word? Is the town's decision final, or do you think it might end up in the courts? So um, the town decision is final, but that doesn't mean that there couldn't, also, there couldn't be a legal challenge to their approval of this application. There certainly can be. Uh, there could be. Uh, and the town, I mean, the town is generally regarded as having the authority to make these decisions. The, the legal question is whether or not they made the decision uh, consistent with their policies and procedures, and if, they, and if they made the decision in a way that wasn't arbitrary and capricious. There's a lot of information that we are aware of that might suggest uh, a legal challenge would be appropriate, uh, but time will tell. And does Amazon seem at all responsive to these many complaints by the residents and citizens? No. I could elaborate, but I think that Fair says enough. it all. So talking big picture, what do you think the approval of this data center would mean for the future of Warrington and Fauquier County in general? So in Fauquier, in, in um, Loudoun County, there's something on there, I think over 20 million square feet of data centers. And... Prince William has announced their intent to suppress that uh, statistic. So data centers are coming our way. Um, but you have to put them in the right place. You just can't put them anywhere. You can't put them near houses and residential areas and businesses and historical resources and on agricultural lands. That just doesn't, doesn't make sense. Fortunately, in Fauquier County, we have a board of we have a board of supervisors uh, that respect the rural traditions of this county, and hopefully, that attitude will will continue and will uh, help us in the county to uh, avoid uh, an inappropriate proliferation of these large facilities. Just a minute ago, you mentioned Prince William County, for example, and we all know about the data center areas there that are located uh, very near to Manassas Battlefield. Do you see any potential problems like that for Fauquier County? Well, what's what's going on in Prince William County is in and of itself uh, a concern for, for us. Uh, there are uh, efforts in Prince William County. Actually, I believe the comprehensive plan there was revised to allow uh, data centers in an area called the Rural Crescent. And the Rural Crescent is uh, shares a very significant border with Fauquier County, and it has heretofore been uh, zoned in a way to keep it rural. So now, with the changes that are that are either have been made or are contemplated, that area becomes more more urbanized and more industrialized, and that's on the border of a long border with Fauquier County. So that's a concern. Going forward, do you see the demand for data centers going away given the strong opposition to this one in particular or increasing given the need for data centers? Uh, I, would, I would like to think that our efforts to oppose this data center will put an end to the issue, but uh, frankly, I, I don't believe that is the case. Um, there are, are statistics indicating that something on the order of you know, certainly double-digit growth in the, in the need for data centers will continue well into the future. Kevin, so last question for you today is, what can the public do about this right now? Uh, go to the uh, website of, of my organization, Citizens for Fauquier County. Uh, you'll find lots of information about the data center in Warrington and data centers in general. Uh, contact your uh, state uh, delegates, your state representatives, the governor's office, and say, enough is enough. You know, we need to, we need data centers, but let's manage it more intelligently, intelligently than it's been managed so far. 
Great. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Well, here we are. We may have missed the danger signs of data centers early on, but we get it now. It's not just that there are too many of them, although there are. It's not just that they use too much power, although they do. It's not just that their water demand hurts the environment and impacts everyone, although it does. It's all of this and more. Data centers are spreading to forbidden areas of Northern Virginia, the heritage area, and the people we trust to contain them are not stopping them. In fact, they are opening the gates and bringing them in. Virginia Piedmont Heritage Area Association and our partners exist to protect this historic landscape so visitors and residents can experience living history. We believe this area is a living organism where we can still connect and feel 18th and 19th century history without a lecture hall or museum. Sprawling suburban homes and shopping centers are certainly one barrier, but data centers with their towering power lines and concrete caverns are altogether another level of destruction. Data center districts are barren wasteland, suggesting complete human disinterest in the environment, the history, the beauty, and the cultural significance of the heritage area. They may be the ultimate poison to our ability to breathe the past. Even Buddy Reiser, the man most responsible for bringing data centers to Northern Virginia, is alert to the downsides of this data center development. Reiser, Loudon's development director, told Chris Stern of the Piedmont Journalism Foundation that the pressure to build more data centers, get closer to homes, move to restricted areas, rely more heavily on the industry for funding is always there. Millions of dollars are in play. Given that, Reiser had some advice for Fauquier County. Quote, be very strategic, he said. Set real expectations and work with elected officials in the community. Define the envelope where it would be appropriate for data centers. I would include it around in existing infrastructure and transportation corridors and consider proximity to environmentally sensitive areas and residential areas. I think that if you start encroaching or overlapping, that could be a dangerous precedent. End quote. Riser would know, a dangerous precedent. Right now, Fauquier County and Warrington have a chance to be the beginning of the end for these dangerous encroachments on inappropriate areas in Northern Virginia. Letting Amazon have the location at the gateway to historic Warrington was handled poorly, is clearly not appropriate, and is a bad precedent. Residents who want to end the expansion into residential, historic, or environmentally sensitive areas should turn out and support the efforts of PEC, VPHA, Citizens for Fauquier County, and the many other community groups as we work to force politicians to keep their word. A huge part of that is getting them to agree to tax, budget, and spend sensibly as Jim Hanna and the Loudoun Coalition recommends. Ending elected officials' reliance on these funds will help immensely. VPHA will keep you posted at piedmontheritage.org. And also check out pecva.org, loudouncoalition.org, and citizensforfauquier.org for updates. There is no more time to waste. Thank you for listening.